0: But let me just say, I want to talk about the gift of God. But I'll just talk to you today. I grew up from a, in a tradition of really powerful preachers, and uh, they they preached to me. You know. They shouted. They put the hand over the ear and would rear back and go down and come up again. I mean, they were preaching. Uh, Your hair would stand up sometimes on the head. and I mean, my hair. Just unravel and stand up. Uncurl. And so they would call what I do, oh, he just talks. But I'm just going to talk to you. I want to just talk to you. I'm convinced that we're living in the last of the last days. And I'm convinced that all of us are not fully aware of it. No matter how much we are told, we're not fully aware of it. And it's time for us to come forth and to be the people of God You you said well, didn't you say something like that last week? Yeah. But the question is is not whether I said it, it's whether you are doing it. Are you walking in this amazing truth? And I was thinking about the gift of God and just the fact of that. When Jesus, let me find my place here. When Jesus went to Samaria, And it seems like every time I read that John 4, I I see something I've not seen. I don't think I'm blind. I think the Holy Spirit is just revealing things. And I believe that he is revealing more and more to us because more and more we need to understand what he is doing in the the present hour. And in this story, the Holy Spirit takes Jesus, the Son of God. This is just all overwhelming to me. God leading the God-man. And he takes him through Samaria. Now, I like the King James, KJV, it says, he must needs go. I always said, I never understood that language, but I liked the way it sounded. <laughs> had to go get another version to understand exactly what it meant. But he must needs go. So the Holy Spirit, it meant the Holy Spirit took him and said, we're going to go through Samaria. Other rabbis are, are bypassing, but I'm going to take you right through it. And so what God is doing today, he's taking some of you right where others are going past. That's what he's doing today. And he's talking to this woman, give me a drink. He initiates things. And we have been waiting to respond, but God wants us in this hour to initiate and so he initiates the conversation and he says, uh, give me a drink. Now, I don't think that Jesus was pretending. Jesus was going to drink out of that dipper. I remember, I don't want to embarrass my kids, but I remember working in the fields. as a boy. We worked everywhere we could find money. We worked. Didn't matter whether we, were, we had A job? Yeah, let's go. And, uh, and sometimes in the fields, They'd have a big water keg, they called it. And they had a a dipper, a a dipper. And everybody drank out of the same dipper. I being Mr. Finicky, no, little boy Finicky. I'd dip that that water out and I'd hold my head back and I'd pour it. (laughs) I couldn't put my lips on that same dipper not realizing really in in an acute way that the water was going over where the lips had been anyway. (laughs) So Jesus was in a situation where Samaritans had been drinking out of that dipper. He said, give me a drink. He was ready to drink. And the woman was mystified that a Jew would drink from the same dipper. And so Jesus wants to do things through you and me that would mystify the world. And they wonder, how is it that you are accepting me? How is it that you are accepting me? And here in this story, Jesus said to her, as the conversation progressed, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, You would have asked him. Jesus is telling her what she would have done. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This living water is so instrumental to everything that we are and everything that we're going to do because we don't have to ask, Jesus, give me this living water because we have the living water. We have it right now. The Bible tells us that for by grace we have been saved through faith. It is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So salvation is the gift of God. And you may say, well, you said, I thought the spirit was the gift of God. The spirit is the gift of God. Uh, Jesus is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God because you cannot dissect God and put God over here and God over there. If you could, the part of God that you dissected is all God. And the part here is all God. Yeah. And they function together. Right. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit functions. And I've been really amazed with the gift of God, this water that he wanted to give her. He wanted to give her the Spirit of God. And when we receive the Spirit of God, we receive Jesus. I said in the earlier service that so many times we want to explain things and, and uh, I, my I hope I'm not going back to my childhood, but I remember when they would say to us, kids, "You're too smart for your own good," and uh, they, they, it, that means that it deserved a spanking or something. Yeah. <clears throat> and you got too smart. Well, sometimes we have gotten so smart that we have somehow uh, dissected the scriptures to so they mean whatever we want them to mean. Yeah. But that's not where we are coming from here. And so Jesus. Now gives her uh, an offer of the gift of God, living water, water that no matter how hot the situation is, your throat isn't parched and you're not sticking together. You have answers, even answers that you may not be acutely aware of. You still have answers because the living water source never runs out. This is what God wants us to understand, especially in this hour in which we live. Jesus tells us that we are not to labor in John chapter 6, starting in verse 27. Jesus says, we're not to labor for the food which perishes. And what Jesus is saying, that, that we don't labor for temporal things, temporary, earthly things, that we should only labor or, st- or strive for those things that are eternal, that is the gift of God. And what Jesus is saying in this passage is that uh, we want to work for or strive for those things the, or the food which endures to everlasting life. That's what Jesus wants us to have our view on, everlasting life. Uh, as, as Years ago, decades ago, we always talked about everlasting life. We always, church was about everlasting life. Church was about Uh, Being with Jesus, being with God the Father, it was not getting everything down here. It was not being so comfortable down here. It wasn't about fighting wars to keep things all right down here. It was to fight the spiritual war because one day we were going up yonder, they would say. Up yonder. I'm going up yonder. So where is yonder? It was where Jesus is. He says, Paul tells us to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth and where because Christ is seated there he tells us that's where all of our affection all of our attention should be and here uh, Jesus is saying um, don't labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life The endures gets you through everything anything endures which the son of man will give you Why? Because God the Father has set his seal on him, Jesus. He says, then they said to Jesus, what shall we do that we may do the works of God or work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And so your responsibility every day you wake up is not to do the thousand things that you had planned to do or that you thought you must do, but to do the one thing that Jesus tells you, and that is just believe him. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter how disappointed you are, believe him. So they said to Jesus, uh, what sign will you perform that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now here's Jesus who had uh, healed the lame, uh, the blind, uh, lepers, uh, he had healed everything that could be healed, you know, uh, epilepsy, uh, cast out demons, you know, broke bread, and, uh, a few fish, five loaves of little bar- barley bread, and, 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 and the fish, and, and uh, fed 5,000 men, not counting their women and children. No, but perform for me, Jesus. That's what they're saying. And the world wants that as well today. But Jesus is saying to them, and I love his words, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. Now, it would seem maybe uh, if you just look at a glance that perhaps Jesus had contradicted the Scripture, but he didn't. He says, Moses didn't give you. This. The Scripture says that Moses gave us the bread from heaven. It's written. He says, Moses didn't give you uh, the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. And so Jesus is showing us who he is. And you and I, let's not take for granted the gift of God. Let's not take, yes, Jesus is the gift of God. Yes, how does Jesus live in us now? Does Jesus live bodily in us? No, he lives in us by his spirit. And so he wants you to know Jesus has given you the spirit. And when the spirit came, Jesus came. I've I've said that once in this message, but I want to say it again because I do understand that Uh, Sometimes we, we are looking for something that is not quite there. It's not quite what we're looking for. Anyone who is saved, anyone who has received Jesus must have received the Spirit because if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. So you cannot have Jesus without the Spirit. Now, there are manifestations of the Spirit that we all enjoy and need. But you and I already have that living water. We have water, a water source, the Holy Spirit, that has been what? Given to us. Uh, no, you've got to understand that. He wasn't loaned to you. Now, you may have acted crazy once the Holy Spirit came. You start acting crazy again. But the Holy Spirit, once he's given, God doesn't take him back. Amen. He's given to you. Now, now there are people who, who have never been saved. But the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Why? Because God knew we would, we would need an eternal supply. So listen to what he goes on to say. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is saying to us that he is bread. Now, just as Jesus is speaking, his audience is misunderstanding. And oftentimes when the preacher preacher is preaching, the audience is misunderstanding. A lot of times. Because so often we have our own conclusions already. And we have what we call presuppositions. We've already presupposed where you're going or where you ought to go. And so in John, he says, in John, let's skip to verse 47, John 6. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has temporary life. Is that what he said? Oh, wow. He has everlasting life. And so why, why is it that we need to know this? Because the days are evil. As a, as a child, my, I would hear my parents and my relatives say, oh, honey, the days are evil. I'm thinking, really? What? I didn't see any evil in the days. You know why? Because I was a child. But the days are evil. We are We must know who Jesus is and what he's done. And this is what he has done. What he has done cannot be undone. Come on. What he has done cannot be undone. You've heard me say that at least five times. What he has done cannot be undone. Why do I need to know that? Because the days are evil and it's going to get a lot w- worse. All right, it's going to get a lot worse. And there are too many believers. We're trying to extricate them from the world. That is, they, they have been saved, but they still have worldly thinking, and we're trying to extricate, re- remove them from the world. And I trust that that's not you, but if it is you, you're in the right place. So Jesus is, is speaking because we are going to need it. We're going to need it. Whenever a despot can begin to shoot missiles at innocent citizens and murder them and cut off their heat and their water and nobody can do much about it because he has nuclear weapons. Their days are evil. Yeah. And the Christians shouldn't be talking about whether, to, that whether we should be involved or not. Let's not get involved. Maybe he'll come and get us. Well, Jesus is gonna come get us one day. That's who I'm looking to come get us. So, so what, what am I saying? I'm saying, let's be faithful to do what Jesus has given us to do." Amen. Listen to what he says to us. He is showing us, He says he says,, um, you, uh, you, "I am the bread of life," in verse 48. "I am the bread of life." And what Jesus is speaking is not carnality. He's speaking of spiritual bread. He's, I'm spiritual food. See, the war, the weapons of our warfare, Paul says, are not carnal. They're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, but casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and able to bring in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So our weapons are more formidable than earthly weapons. But we're looking to earthly weapons, too many of us, I hear it. And some of you Facebookers, you're giving away your secrets, your secrets of faithlessness. I am the bread of life. Now listen what Jesus says to those opponents who want to make everything natural. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. So Jesus is showing them a, a, a fixed difference, a fixed difference between the natural and the spiritual. I want you to come and understand this fixed difference between the natural and the spiritual. You must know the difference. The natural is temporal the spiritual is eternal don't trade in the spiritual for the natural so jesus says they are dead i i love that statement and so what he's saying is don't put your confidence in what is terminal verse 50 this is the bread which came down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die wow thank you jesus I am the living bread, he says, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. I will give my body. And anybody who receives me, anybody who says, Lord, I receive. Lord, I surrender all. He says, that person won't ever die. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that. Now, now, let's go on. It's, It's so beautiful here. So, um. I'm finding my place. Okay, and, and then he says, it um, says when Jesus knew in himself, verse sixty-one, that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, "Does this offend you?" I, I like this this part of the scripture because what Jesus is saying, uh, what the scripture rather is saying, is that some of those close to Jesus were thinking naturally, while Jesus was speaking spiritually. And that, that, that says also that sometimes we come into the house of God, this place that we have dedicated, we come in here to get something spiritual, but we sit down and with natural thinking and we miss the point of the spiritual. So let us be aware of that and let us tell ourselves, no, I'm here for Jesus. I'm here to know what Jesus has given to me. And so Jesus says, "This is offend you? Does, does it offend you that I say you've got to receive all of me? You know, he used the, the word eat. You know, you have to eat my flesh, drink my blood. But, but they should have understood that in the Passover meal. It was right there in the Passover meal. So they should have understood it. They did not understand it. And so here uh, they want to make it natural and they found offense. If you come and you listen with the natural ear, you will find offense. That's what he's saying. And he says, now if you can't handle this, what if uh, you, you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? Yeah. You know, can you, you remember the story on Mount, on the Mount of Olives when he went out there and he said goodbye to his, to his disciples and he just went up into the sky. He says, if, if you get offended by, about this, what I've just told you, you, you'll be offended when you see me go up into heaven. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So what... what is this hour about? This hour is about rescuing us. Rescuing us from ourselves. Rescuing ourselves from worldly thoughts. All of the programming that the systems of the world have programmed into us, we need to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. Now listen what he says. He goes on to say, it is the spirit who gives life. I must reiterate that. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It is the Holy Spirit who gives life, and the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. So Jesus is our spiritual bread. Jesus is our eternal bread. Jesus is the bread of life, and there is life in no other. There is life in no other doesn't matter the systems that you you and I have created. There's not life in them. Only in Christ. And the Spirit gives us that life. Jesus said that uh, in John 14, he says, these things I have spoken, verse 25, John 14, 25. He says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper or the paracletos, but the comforter. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So Jesus is saying that, I, I, that you must receive the gift of God, the Holy Spirit. He is your helper. He is to bring everything to your remembrance. He is to give you understanding where you have no understanding. How many times have you and I misunderstood something and we went home, we were talking, God, God, and suddenly the lights came on. You go, wow, God, wow. There have been times I, I was thinking about the Holy Spirit and being born again. The Holy Spirit has had me there a, a lot lately, uh, being born again and, and what that means and be God being our Father. I, you know, because sometimes it's like so good that it can't be true, kind of, and we go, yeah, God is our Father, and we start to of say, you know, it's kind of like this and it's kind of like that. No, it's kind of like he is our Father. As surely as Orlean Lavelle is my dad, I, 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 I'm just like him except for complexion. I, I walk like him. I see myself walking. When I walk down my hallway in my house, I do the same thing. I try to walk straight down the hallway, but I found myself hitting that wall and hitting that one and hitting that one. I said, ah, oh, forget it. It's in your DNA. Just like that, God is our dad. So we ought to be looking like God. We ought to sound like Jesus. Have the same thought processes. That's what God wants. But how is it that we don't have it? Because he has provided it. We have provided righteousness. We have everything that he is is now in us. I'm not saying you're uh, omnipotent. No, you're not omnipotent, but you have the same life. You have the same life force. You have the same spirit that God is. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, Jesus says, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. And when he says this, what Jesus is saying is, I am actually going to inoculate you against fear. I'm going to inoculate you against overwhelming disaster. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit in you is going to lift up a standard against him. I'm going to inoculate you. I'm going to give you something that overcomes the world. Because you are now born of God. And and everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. Did you get that? I remember first part of my salvific experience. I was so worried about going to hell. I was. I said, I'm crazy. I'm going to hell. No, did you say, did you want to go? No, I didn't want to go. But I just thought somehow I'm going to overpower the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to snatch myself away. I'm going to, I'm going to, it may be the first time, but DGL is going to do it. I'm going to hell. And when the Lord told me, he said, no, son, he says, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, all who obey him. And Ezekiel tells us that God says, I'm going to fix this thing because all who are born of God will overcome the world. He says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give all of you my spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the indomitable spirit. He is unable to be dominated and subdued and destroyed. He cannot be. It's not even possible. I won't even say if it were possible, you know, everything would cease to be. No, it's not even possible. Let's don't go there. Why am I saying that? I'm saying you need to know that you know that you know that you're in the hands of God, the Father who loves you. You need to know that you know that you are purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ who saved you. You've got to know that you know that you have received the gift of God and God doesn't take back his gift. I did nothing. I did nothing as a child to earn a gift from my parents. They gave it to me because they loved me. Hallelujah, somebody. Come on, we got to get this thing right. The gift of God is the spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. He says to us, he says, he, 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 com- he compares and contrasts, rather the, the natural, contrasts the natural and the spiritual in Luke 11, verses 11 through 13. And he says, if a son asks, in verse 11, he says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Now, before I get to the rest of that sentence, you know, let's look at that. You know, human beings are crazy. If you have not come to that conclusion, then you are already there. (laughs) Human beings are crazy. We do the most diabolical things you could ever think about. Read the paper. Somebody made a face at me, so I went back and shot him up. Human beings are crazy. They're going to supermarket sitting ducks. You go in there with your battle armor on and shooting like ducks in a pond, shooting people shopping for food. And you think you're brave? Human beings are crazy. You go into a school, you shoot your grandmother, damage your grandmother, and then you run out and try to kill children. People are crazy. But he says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? The answer is no. If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? No. If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. He said, now, look, even the, the crazy humanity has better sense than that. Now, listen, he says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? huge. The gift of God. The gift of God. And He does it so that you and I will be successful in our journey. We will be successful. I, don't, I no longer worry if I'm going to make it. I used to wonder, am I going to make it? Surely if anybody goes to hell, it will be Don Lavelle because I can't make it. But no, I'm going to make it because Jesus Christ is the one who causes me to make it. Because Jesus Christ died to give us the Holy Spirit. And now I have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is incapable of being dominated by anything else, any spirit. And that's not the only reason. Because the Bible says to me that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And I've been born of God he says having been born again Peter tells us not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever and I'm telling you now you have the word of God and you via the spirit of God and you will live and you will abide forever I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might be strong in the Lord believe what Jesus Christ has said I love John, 1 John 3, and I'm going to end with this 1 John 3. 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3, John says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. See, it's not love if you slap me around like some theology says, and you make me think I'm saved, and you get to the end and say, (laughs) That's not love. But behold what manner of love the Father has gifted, bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. And then John says, beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. It's not fully disclosed what we shall be. And I want to say this respectfully and kindly. But as I watched our sister, Janelle, with her husband, Ed, and we were sitting by her bed, I learned something of God that is several, maybe a week or two ago, a couple of weeks ago, I learned something of God that I've, I've been meditating on. And I saw her getting rid of the natural. And... When we would, I would, she heard my voice and she reached up and took my hand and brought it here and I kept watching and I said this is so amazing what God was showing me that this outer surface is like a body armor or or shell, or a crust, or something. And it it hides our reality. It covers it. And in those days where the natural did not have its dominance or its effort to be dominant, I could see the Spirit. And the Spirit was so Christ-like in every regard, I began to make notes. And what I realized was that what John meant here, and I've read this scripture all my life. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And what I saw in her and what I'm teaching you today is that you are looking out over an audience, a sea of people. But this is not what God sees. God sees you like his son. We are sons of God as surely as Jesus is the Son of God. And when he appears fully uncloaked, we shall instantaneously be uncloaked too, like him forever and forever. Go through. Whatever you're dealing with, go through. It's worth it. It's worth it. I've taken too much of your time. It's worth it. The old song that comes to mind is that payday is coming after a while. Keep going through. Keep your mouth closed. Yield. You're not the weak one in the argument. Yield. Love. Love. Be be Christ-like for when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Let's comfort each other and I'll be back in a minute.